Hey everyone, and welcome to today's video. This video is going to be from the book Labyrinth of Evil, which takes place between episode 2 and episode 3. We're going to focus on something pretty interesting today, and in the book it explains Obi-Wan's thoughts on what would have made Anakin absolutely unstoppable as a Jedi, or even as a Force user. So let's get started. Now, while recently rereading the prequel to the prequels, or more specifically, a prequel to Episode 3, Labyrinth of Evil by James Luceno tells the legend story of what took place right before Revenge of the Sith, ending just before Anakin and Obi-Wan head off to Coruscant to rescue the Chancellor from General Grievous. The book is kind of a sci-fi action detective story of a sorts, with Anakin and Obi filling in for Holmes and Watson. After the Trade Federation Viceroy Newt Gunray manages to escape the Jedi's clutches once again, he accidentally leaves behind the Mechno chair that Sidious gave him to communicate directly with. Studying the unique technology of the chair, the Jedi send Anakin and Obi-Wan to chase down the clues that can uncover the location and identity of the secret Sith Lord. Now what I found striking as I was reading through the first few chapters was when Obi-Wan was reflecting on Qui-Gon Jinn and his own utter faith and belief in Anakin. The book goes into the Jedi Master's thoughts on his own relationship with Anakin as well as what he thinks about the friendship between his former student and Chancellor Palpatine. What I found the most interesting of all is the one lesson he thought Anakin still needed to master in order to become truly unstoppable. Here's the excerpt from the book, then we can talk about it. Qui-Gon Jinn hadn't believed in baiting, Obi-Wan thought as he and the commandos rode the turbo lift to the fortress's lowest level. Baiting implied a certain amount of advanced planning, and Qui-Gon had no patience for that. He took situations as they came, throwing back his shoulders and striding boldly to the center of things, relying as much on his instincts as his lightsaber to deal with the consequences. It must have been difficult for him to have served under a methodical master such as Dooku, consummate planner, consummate duelist. Now, a Sith. But that made sense of a sort. The desire to dominate and control. For a time, the same issues had stood at the center of Obi-Wan's conflicts with Anakin. Clearly, Anakin was as strong in the Force as any Jedi who had ever sat on the Council. But as Obi-Wan had told him time and time again, the essence of being a Jedi didn't hinge on attaining mastery of the Force, but on attaining mastery over oneself. Someday Anakin would come to accept that, and then he would be truly unstoppable. Qui-Gon had the insight to recognize it more than a decade earlier, and Obi-Wan felt duty-bound to his former master to help Anakin fulfill his destiny. His faith in Anakin had grown so strong that he had become Anakin's staunchest defender to those on the council who had grown apprehensive about the young man's prowess and uncomfortable with his confidential, almost familial relationship with Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. If Obi-Wan was, as Anakin sometimes said, the father he never had, then Palpatine was his wise uncle, advisor, mentor in the ways of life outside the temple. Obi-Wan understood that Anakin envied him for having been appointed to the council, but how could he not? Having been all but anointed, the Chosen One, continually bolstered by Palpatine's praise, driven to prove to his former master that he could be the perfect Jedi Knight. On countless occasions, Anakin's bold actions had allowed them to prevail against seemingly impossible odds. But just as often it had been Obi-Wan's circumspection that had pulled them back from the brink. Whether foresight was something innate in Obi-Wan or the result of his continuing fascination with the unifying force, the long view Obi-Wan couldn't say. What he could say was that he had learned to trust Anakin's instincts on occasion. So there we go. Of course, Obi-Wan was correct. I feel like Anakin and Vader both shared the same weakness, the inability to master oneself. Anakin Vader never achieved his full potential until, 
possibly that final sacrifice on the Death Star. Not due to any limitations in the Force, but because he could never master his emotions. His fear and pain angered him to the past, or the future, or well, what could have been, so he could never let go of his thoughts. Which doesn't mean not to have emotions or thoughts in general, but just to not let them dictate your actions and choices. I feel like if Anakin did master his thoughts and didn't let them run wild, then the entire galaxy would not have turned into the Empire. And I really feel the only way this could have been possible is if Qui-Gon beat Darth Maul and became the father figure that Anakin needed, just as Dave Filoni explained. Then, and only then, Anakin would really have understood that you can have these emotions and still be a Jedi, especially with all the attachments that he had as he became a Jedi Padawan at nine years old. I really think Qui-Gon could have changed the entire story had he not died. But, alas, that was the will of the Force. Thanks for watching today's video. Stay tuned for the next one. And until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Now, fulfill your destiny.